Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're through five weeks of the NFL season. Ton to gamble on. College football, postseason baseball, the NFL, betonline.ag takes care of any of your sports gambling needs. A365, 24-7, regardless on what sport. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. And Ike, new promo now. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, now a scout for the Steelers as well, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, when I lived in Florida for five years, today's guest, I would read his coverage when I wanted to know all things about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL. Very excited to welcome Rick Stroud on today's show. And let's get right to it, because Rick, we only have you for about 10 minutes Rick, I wanted to know right off the top, have you ever been accused of roughing Tom Brady in an interview for getting too close? Because that call on Sunday was something else. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. And I asked a question that I don't think he appreciated because I think I used the word lobbying for calls uh, in my question. But listen, we all know that uh, the league has an emphasis on protecting these quarterbacks. I, I don't know how you could play today. Uh, you're not allowed to hit these guys below the knees. You can't hit them above the shoulders. You can't you can't throw them on the ground too hard. Right. You know, um, I talked to some defensive linemen on the Bucks yesterday who were the benefactors of that call, and they said, you know, we hate seeing it, man. It's it's you know these guys play football just like us, and you work so hard to get to a quarterback that now you got to worry about how you're going to put them on the ground. So they obviously benefited from that call. It didn't mean that the Carolina Panthers were going to win the football game, but they'd right. been given a chance to win it, and um, you know that that was a, a tremendous. Uh, turning point in the game at that point. Um, but having said that, um, you know, when you play 23 years and you're the GOAT, I guess uh, I guess they listen to you. The the impact, because you've been covering the Tampa Bay Bucks for a while, the mm-hmm. impact when Tampa had got Tom Brady, 
how instantaneously it was. What did you see coming off of Tom and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just in a couple of months? Because it was during the pandemic. What yeah. did you see? It was, you know what, Ike, it was, it was unlike anything that I was prepared for. I mean, obviously the pandemic was a whole nother layer of, of, of situation there. But, um, you know, you follow Tom Brady from afar. I did all those Super Bowls that he was in. Um, and then to be around him and actually see it firsthand. I mean, he got those guys together at a high school. They weren't able to work out. Um, right. To watch him, you know, literally walk receivers through routes, um, you know, uh, demand a certain work ethic. And I think just, you know, what he represents uh, certainly heightens everybody's awareness on the team, whether you're an offensive lineman, you don't want to get beat. You don't want to be the guy that gets Tom Brady knocked out of the league. Um, th there's so much attention to detail and he just prepares better than anybody's ever done it. He has all the answers to the test. So if guys want to work and learn things, he's willing to help everybody. And that goes from, you know, just on the football field to nutrition to, you know, what he does to, to stay, uh, you know, as viable as he is at age 45, which is just incredible. But to see it up close day in, day out, you really do get appreciation for why this guy is still playing at a high level at 45 and why he's won seven Super Bowls. Rick Stroud <clears throat> became a beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times because – can you finish it off? Because uh, they asked me. I, I was actually – I was a baseball guy my whole life. I grew up playing baseball. I was a college baseball player at Arkansas State. I loved all sports, obviously. Um, but uh, when I got back to Tampa and started writing, we had a very good newspaper, uh, the Tampa Bay Times, then the St. Petersburg Times. And really, uh, you know, we didn't have pro baseball. We didn't have hockey yet. And so the Bucks were the were the big pro team in town. And so um, I had covered the Florida Gators for a number of years, did high schools before that. And just kind of worked my way up. And when it was offered to me, I didn't plan on doing it this long. Uh, I can tell you that there was a lot of uh, a lot of bad years. But, you know, when you look back at, at uh, what they've been through as an organization coming up from one of the worst teams ever in, in NFL history. And then, you know, you go through coaches uh, like a Tony Dungy, right, like a John Gruden in the Super Bowl years. Um, just, just all those different characters of the game that have come through here and had such an impact on the franchise at different times. It's been really uh, an interesting uh, career following one team that long. Rick, one thing I wanted to ask you too, and I don't know the best way to ask this question. How do you balance the job of covering Tom Brady off the field without being a tabloid publication, being a, a respected, reputable beat writer? It's a great question, Mark, and I, I think it's one we have conversations about all the time. I, I think that, you know, what's happened in media today, and, and Ike knows this as a, as a former player, I mean, guys, now social media has become such a big thing. They all have their own social media. But beyond that, there's a lot of fringe media, right? If you have a website, if you want to start a podcast, you can write anything, anytime. And um, but there are there are uh, the New York Post of the world that have have page six and more tabloid esque the TMZs and all that. We don't uh, try to uh, you know, subscribe to that practice per se. We practice journalism. I think the lines are blurred, and so people don't know the difference um, just because this has been going on for so long with social media. But you know, our standards are you know, show me a document. Who said it? Is it on the record? Um, and and then there's also you know, I think players are entitled to their personal lives. You know, they 
they do become um, public figures. There's no doubt about that. And in the case of Brady, he monetizes his persona uh, and, and involves his family in that. Um, and, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. But when you're talking about really personal issues, like the ones we've read about in, in some of those tabloids, that to us crosses the line of journalism. Um, now, again, if there's a document, if there's something filed in the courthouse, if one of them, uh, somebody in his family or him wants to talk about his personal life beyond just the field, we're here to report that. But um, yeah, some of, the, some of the salacious things that you're reading that are unattributed, we, we wouldn't go there. Rick Strouds, the most interesting interview. Wow. Well, you caught me with that one, Ike. Um, <laughs> I have to think about that. I, I've done I've done quite a few. Uh, you know what what it came down to in covering this beat is like I've I've actually had I've told about four or five coaches they were getting fired. Now they weren't all surprised, but some were, um, and and sometimes they're the last to know. Uh, Tony Dungy writes about that in his book, Quiet Strength. Uh, I'm actually in there uh, when, you know, they were going to play uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in a wild card game. Now, Tony had gone to the playoffs, turned that franchise around four out of six years, right? And they're going to Philadelphia to play the Eagles where their season has ended, it seemed, every year. And it was about to again. And the Bucks have been talking to Bill Parcells for probably about a year and they had a deal with Parcells to be the next coach of the Buccaneers. They were going to fire Tony Dungy. He had his entire staff picked out. They're going to keep the defensive staff. Everything was done. And I told Tony about it uh, a couple of days before he got on the plane to Philadelphia. He didn't believe it. Uh, and then when he got on the plane, he realized the Glazer family wasn't on the plane. And they'd always flown with the team charter. And he said to his wife, Lauren, I think maybe something's wrong. And it turns out, you know, he coached the game. They lost. And then they fired him. His key didn't work the next day when he tried to get into the building. And, and then they went about the process of acting like they were just now contacting Bill Parcells. Parcells ended up pulling out. Um, he was going through a divorce. There's a lot of pushback about the fact that Parcells may have been after Dungy's job uh, before he had a chance to play that playoff game. And so it all fell apart and they ended up trading for John Gruden. And we know how that worked out. So that Though that series of stories is one that I that I remember um, simply because it was it was such a soap opera for a long time. And it involved uh, someone like like Bill Parcells, who then the next year went and coached the Dallas Cowboys. And when he did, the Bucks actually wanted compensation. They pulled out a contract and said, no, no, he signed a contract with us that he was going to coach our team. So we deserve a draft pick. So <laughs> it was kind of all over the map there. But that was an interesting one. Wow. Wow. Rick, that was, we went... that was deep. Rick, we want to make sure we get you out on time. Let's no let's leave with this. Tom Brady has the legendary story where he, Derek Jeter, Bill Gates, and Jeff Vinnick are at Burns Steakhouse. Do you have any other Burns, legendary Burns Steakhouse <laughs> stories? Because I know the three of us have all been to <laughs> Tampa's finest establishment. Correct. No, I don't really, not specifically, except that that has always been sort of the, the default place where if they're going to hire a coach or a GM, um, you just kind of wait outside of Burns. Uh, and then you're going to you're probably figure out who, who they brought in because 
a lot of times uh, that that's where free agents, the high price free agents, they go to eat. Uh, there's a lot of great steakhouses in Tampa, but but Burns is is definitely the you know the the gold standard with the dessert room and all of that. And um, I remember um, you know going back to some coaches. They they had little closed circuit TVs in the dessert room, and um, they would be watching the news, and there'd be cameras outside of Burns waiting for them to leave the dessert room because they were going to capture them being hired or, uh, or whatnot or interviewed. So uh, not, not any specific ones, but it's, it's a hell of a place, man. That is Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times. Rick, we want to make sure that you get, we get you out of here. Is there anything you would like to plug Steelers taking on the Buccaneers in week six? No, I just think it's going to be an interesting game. Look, uh, I, I know Mike Tomlin from his days here in Tampa Bay. I think the guy is a Hall of Fame coach. It looks like he might might suffer his first losing season ever, which is incredible. Um, but uh, Iron Mike is the real deal, man. What you see is what you get. Uh, I've followed his career. I've been impressed with him, uh, you know, coming to Tampa and winning a Super Bowl. I mean, all those things that have happened up there with Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to be fine once the young quarterback gets ironed out. But he's going to face a pretty good defense this week. Maybe not as good as the Bills. Uh, but pretty good. And so it should be a fun game. And it's always great to be up there in, in Pittsburgh and, and, and sample that, that culture and the history up there. Rick, certainly appreciate your time. You can check out his work, tampabay.com, Rick Stroud, Bucks beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times. Thank you for your time this morning. Good to be with you guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. You bet. And that was Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. Ike, heck of a conversation. I had many follow-up questions, but right. I'm glad we got him for the time that we did. Ike, I haven't talked to you in a week. Sunday's game, here's where I'm going to start with Kenny Pickett's first career start. I know the Steelers entered this game as 14-point underdogs. It was the largest underdog deficit the Steelers faced going into a game since 1969. That was before the NFL-AFL merger. But CBS thought this was going to be a closer game because they put their number one team on this game, Ike. Jim Nance, Tony Romo are there. And the Steelers just didn't show up. I, like, I know Boswell missed two field goals, so maybe it would have been a little bit better. But, man, it just goes to show you, to me, Quarterback isn't the only issue in Pittsburgh right now, and the Steelers have now lost four in a row. Yeah, so we just we just gonna be honest, and it's just this is just my opinion, Mark. Yep. Deontay Johnson said something a couple of weeks ago, and he said we're in a rebuilding year right now, a stage at this point in time. And I know a lot of people didn't want to hear it or don't want to hear it because when you say Pittsburgh, you usually think of success when you say Pittsburgh you usually think of playoffs when you say Pittsburgh you usually think of okay they're gonna have an opportunity to hoist that Lombardi and this year has probably been I ain't gonna say has probably this year has been the most challenging year not only for Pittsburgh not only for the fans not only for the players not only for the coaching staff just everything in general so um, and we say it all the time. Sometimes you just got to take heed and listen to what the players say. And this is exactly what the young man said a couple of weeks ago. Frustrating, yeah. Um, if it's somebody I want to go in the trenches with and feel like we have a shot to get ourselves out of this hole, it would be Coach T. 
that's exactly what it be. So what I know about Coach T is, and being a head coach, by the end of the day, other than you putting your money up, you're running a billion dollar industry. That's exactly what you're doing, you know? And Coach T has proved time and time out. I don't know what the record's going to be by the end of the season, but Coach T has proved time and time out. He's always figured out a way by the end of the season that our team going to have some fight. And the sad thing about it was on Sunday was like, for the most part, it wasn't no fight, Mark, you know? So um, three points, and we've been talking about this throughout the course of the season. I think Pittsburgh is averaging now probably 15, 16 points a game. That's not going to cut it. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense have the most plays um, out of any other team by being on the field. It's not going to cut it. So, yeah, it's 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 a rebuilding. We're in a rebuilding stage, my personal opinion, this year. And the the first step of of building a block and trying to set a foundation was to get Kenny Pickett on the field. So that's that's the first step, and that's some fight. Um, everything else, Coach T, I I know Coach T will figure everything else out with this team. But um, I remember when we played the Patriots. And we, they, they, <laughs> we got our butt smacked, just like Coach T said. We got a good, good old fashioned whooping. And it just be like that sometimes. But the expectations, when you say the Pittsburgh Steelers, you don't think of a 38 to 3 outlook. Ike, you're talking about the opener in the 2019 season? Um, I don't know what year it was. 2019, I'm talking about when I played. Okay. So okay. It had to be like 20. 2010, 2011. Okay. We could go back and look that up. To me, this is the worst loss since the 2019 opener against the Patriots when they won 33-3. to And I, that's when we started doing the Believe in Steelers show together. I go back to, you know, coaches will put their players in an opportunity to succeed. But before Kenny Pickett even took a snap, Steelers were down 7-0, were very nearly down two scores, if not for a field goal block. And then you go put your rookie on the field facing a 7-0 deficit, what could have been a 10-0 deficit or more, maybe a 14-0 deficit before he even takes a snap. And the Bills were without Jordan Poyer. They were without Micah Hyde. They're two star safeties. On the offensive side of the ball, Dawson Knox, their starting tight end was out. And they still got smoked. And it was like, man, and... We could point to, well, T.J. Watt is out, and the Steelers haven't won a game without T.J. Watt. Seven sacks in the opener with Watt. The Steelers have three sacks in weeks two, three, and four. They didn't sack Josh Allen once on Sunday. And rebuilding here, people might not want to hear it. I Kind of the question I have is I'm looking at the schedule. It doesn't get any easier with the Bucks next weekend, and it's like, I just hope that the Steelers can win a game between now and the bye week because this schedule is just, it's a brutal, brutal stretch for a Steelers team that I go back to that 2019 season, Ike, and where my brain goes is I remember when Ben got hurt that year and just with the the talent that was on the team, I remember making the analogy, you can't make a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips. And right now, just the Steelers, they have some talent, which is the frustrating part. 
but it's rebuilding year. I question whether they can win a game between now and the bye week. And that's just where I'm at right now. I, that's just the honest, my honest opinion. I'm not going to rebuttal against that Mark. Cause the, the reason being is so, so far Pittsburgh hasn't shown they could. Now the good thing, the good thing is when you look at some, some of the earlier games, Pittsburgh were in the game and they had opportunities to win. You can, you can look at the, the record could have been different from about two games. You know, so against the Jets, they had an opportunity to to beat the Jets. Um, of course, the defense won the first game against the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals. So Pittsburgh has been in games, um, has had opportunity to win games and close games out. And that just comes with being a professional, you know, and a want to. So, again, what Pittsburgh is one and four, that's a hard, that's a steep hill to climb. That's a that's a really steep hill to climb. So we we shall see. But if it's any other coach I will fight with, it would be Coach Tomlin. Yeah, Bucks at home. Then you got the Dolphins and the Eagles as well, Ike. So like I said, it's not getting any easier. You've got the bye week and then the Saints. And I can understand now seeing what was on the field. This is not to absolve Mitch Trubisky through three and a half games, but – Again, it's one game for Pickett. We'll see what he can do in the coming weeks. But three points, that's not going to get it done regardless of who you play. And whatever average scoring that the Steelers have, remember, they are aided by Minka Fitzpatrick's wizardry because he had a pick six in the opener against the Bengals. And then he very nearly had a pick six against the Jets, set up the Steelers' first touchdown, first touchdown of Kenny Pickett's career. But you're benefiting from the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick's one of the league's best safeties, and your offense is just point blank broken right now. And you and, and here's the thing too, like people this week are gonna say, Well, where should we assign the most blame? And especially with the rookie quarterback, you're gonna have some growing pains with Kenny Pickett. It's not going to be necessarily a linear progression with him. But people will say, Well, should, well is it Matt Canada or is it Mike Tomlin? And it's everyone right now. It's everyone right now because I'm trying to find silver linings, like, and there weren't very many of them on Sunday. It's everyone right now. The blame goes all around. I'm not just going to point to one individual person to assign the most blame because point blank period through the first five weeks of the season, this offense isn't getting it done. 23 points is the most the Steelers have scored in a game this season. In the modern NFL in 2022, you're not going to win very many games if that's the case. Yeah, I'm not gonna disagree with you, Mark, but I think you just hit it on the head. Everybody gotta get some of that, some of that bad sandwich. Everybody gotta taste some of that bad sandwich. If you know what I'm trying to say, you know, from 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 players to the coaching staff to, you know, the 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 play calling. Everybody gotta eat that. And it's and it's a bad taste. But the crazy thing about it is, man, we still you still have life left in this organization and you still have some games. And it's going to be a lot of doubters in which it should be because you you have given or we have given people um, the option to doubt, you know? And we say it all the time. I think when we – not all the time. We called it when we was talking about the Jets and we both agreed the first person to 24 points was going to win that ball yes. game. Yes, yes. You know? And that's exactly what happened, Mark. The first person to 24 points won that ball game. So it's just uh it's just very frustrating. It, it, it's frustrating for me 
um, to watch. So I can only imagine how frustrating it is for a Cam Hayward. You know what I'm saying? And and the reason why I'm just mentioning Cam is he came up in our era. He saw how much success we had. He saw the camaraderie we had. He saw the brotherhood in the locker room in which now he's the head man, he's the leader. And for him to be going through this, uh, I would love to pick his brain, you know? So, but like, like I say, and you can say what you want to about Coach T, but if there's anybody that could turn some things around and become a magician in Houdini and be like, dang, these boys, we talk about this and we, let's say 10 more weeks, and the record is something totally different. We all we all to sit down and be like, only Coach T can pull some stuff off like this. So, um, but yeah, it's very it's very frustrating to watch, Mark. For any Steelers fan who needs solace, go back and watch our pregame preview to the Steelers Jets game. We told you exactly what was going to happen in that game. So, Ike, you nailed it on the head. The first to twenty four, I correctly predicted that you would see Kenny Pickett in that game. And it played out exactly how I envisioned it, Ike. So thank you for lending me your psychic abilities. Hey, man, they say teamwork made the dream work. Yeah, if you need some solace there, Josh Allen put up video game numbers. He had almost 350 yards passing and four touchdowns in the first half. Defense, oh, man. Like, Ike, again, I try to find silver linings, and there just weren't many of them. I will say this. Bills, to me, are like the top team in the NFL, and we will see in week six because the Bills and Chiefs go head-to-head. Remember that playoff game a year ago? To me, the Bills are playing like a different sport than everyone else. So as bad as the Steelers might have looked on Sunday, you've got to take into account that the Bills are among the NFL's elite right now. So yeah. it's, you got to keep that in mind as well. Moving forward, though, Mark, they 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 gotta get a run game. You 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 have to just want to protect to protect your superstar in Josh Allen for for the long haul. You have to establish a run game. That's the only question mark I have, and probably the biggest question mark is my number two or my number three running back shouldn't be Josh Allen. And that's exactly what's going on right now. So that's that's a huge concern for me. But other than that, what you just said, um, right now the Buffalo Bills, man, they just it's like Josh Allen, and he overthrew some throws playing against us. So it could have been worse than what it really was. But I know when it comes down to and the weather getting changing and you get into these playoff, you know, uh, contentions and. You trying to establish something, and we've talked about this often since we started this show. December, January football is real cold, and Josh mm-hmm. Allen got an arm to throw in any kind of weather. Where we're in Buffalo and we, or Antarctica, he can throw any weather. <laughs> but by the end of the day, um, when you want to control something, when you see the teams who are doing well in the playoffs, they got a running back. And they got a run game. And then by the end of the day, it's a keep away. So now the regular season, the playoff season, you only get a couple of possessions. 
You only get a couple of possessions, you get to the plate. Okay, how you control them possessions? It's called four to six minute offense. And the only way you can do that is by having a a running back. So that's just my only concern with Buffalo. But right right now, they they just Buffalo is Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is really becoming a mutant when he steps on that field. You know, so you look at Josh Allen like what he can't do. Yeah, Ike, the one thing with the running game is something going into this Buccaneers game in week six for the Steelers, the Bucs ranked near the bottom of the league in rushing, at least through the first five weeks of the season. So they're putting the onus on 45-year-old Tom Brady. And, I mean, Brady's the GOAT, no doubt. But one thing I wish we could have asked Rick Stroud is, is long-term, is that going to be a problem for this Buccaneers team? Because through five weeks of the season, that's one advantage I think Pittsburgh would have going into this game as seven and a half point underdogs is Buccaneers can't really run the football, prove that they can beat you through that facet of the game. Yeah, but if you if you if you look at it, Tom Brady, he's been the wizard of this his whole career. People still don't pay attention to it. I do. Leonard Fournette had 10 catches. 102 yards. So, and correct me if I'm all if correct me if I'm wrong. So Tom Brady will use a running back coming out of their backfield or some quick passes to a running back to alongside of not having a true running game, that becomes my running game. You know, so for for playoff landing to have them amount of looks and catches, that's how Tom Brady do it, didn't it? When you go to Look at how Tom Brady was doing it for the New England Patriots. They really didn't have a running game like that. But Tom wanted running backs who can come out of the backfield and beat these one-on-ones with these angle routes and these swing routes. So he always found a way to manipulate the run game. He's doing the same thing in Tampa, manipulating the run game. Ike, you're spot on there. Fournette had 10 catches on 11 targets, very efficient, 83 yards and a touchdown. So – can the Steelers use Najee the same way? Can we use Jalen Warren the same way? <laughs> like, let's take a page out of their book and do what's successful. This is why Ike Taylor with the eagle eye right there, Ike. I, great, great observation from you there, Ike. Appreciate you. All right, Ike. Um, let's move on to greener pastures. Okay. We didn't get to talk last week because you were out in California scouting for the Steelers. Please take this in any direction. I don't know. I know you were in Los Angeles. You're in San Diego. Uh, but if you can just let our listeners and viewers what you were doing out there, and we can kind of go from there. Take this in any direction you'd like. So when I done, and first of all, a huge shout out to Omar Khan, who's the GM. Major shout out to the Rooney family, um, and also Coach T, and front office and staff. But really, just giving me this opportunity. This, this, this is a dream job. So for me, it's not a job. You know what I'm saying, Mark? But to actually go out in the field, like I was excited to go out in the field and see how this thing works. Um, big shout out to Calvin Fisher. Um, Calvin kind of took me under his wing. He's one of the head scouts for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big shout out for him. And just teaching me and showing me, you know, what to look for, what to do, what not to do, um, how to write a report, 
positive, negative summaries, uh, give grades on guys, first, second, third, fourth, fifth round, free agents. So, and for me, um, which kind of, which helped me out, Mark, it was me already watching tape because I'm a tape head. So now I go from watching tape to have to write the report. But now we can, we can really go in depth with it. So I get to see and talk to the kids, not talk to, but I get to see them personally. Like, so I, so now you just, and I get to talk to a position coach, the weight room coach, like you're starting to get more in depth to it. So, and honestly, um, went to USC, Chris Carter I played with, Sean Noah I played with, uh, UCLA, Sean, Sean Foster. He's, he's now in the, in the strength and conditioning. Uh, major running back for UCLA back in the day. So I'm starting to see a lot of people I didn't play with are now into coaching or into something for their college. And I'm like, check that off. Man, this really going to help me. You know, so just just seeing how these kids interact. For me, Mark, it's not a job. It's, some, it's something. Like, I got a vision. I have a plan. And you already know, because we talk off script a lot on um, what what I really want to be when it comes down to it by the end of the day. But Mark, man, if you if you this this like a dream come true. You know what I'm saying? I look forward to it, you know. Um just writing reports. I still have to finish uh writing a few guys and writing what I need to and sending it off to to the boss man. But I could have been finished it off, but I needed something to do. So, you know, it gave me something to do and look forward to through each day. But, um, and just wanting to be part of the Pittsburgh organization and wanting to have some kind of input in drafting players to host, hoist another Lombardi. I want to be a part of that process. I did it as a player. I want to be a part of it as a scout and in the front office. So that's why I'm at with it. And I'm I'm not gonna overanalyze. I'm not gonna overthink. And you say it all the time because you've been around me going on three years. Like I always use my eyes and my good instinct. And I go and never second guess nothing. So this is exactly what I'm doing. You know, when I look at a player, I write reports. I'm not gonna overanalyze nothing. Boom, I sit in there and I'm good. But I think a good man has given me a gift, and that's and that's having an eye for talent. So I'm finally getting to use my eyes when you're at these schools how many players are you analyzing and then are you watching them in practice are you watching tape with the coaches when you're actually there what is it that you're doing ike so you you, you watch and tape um with the other scouts because it's other scouts there as well so you watch and tape with the other scouts uh, we all evaluating um but you don't watch with the players the players they're on their own schedule because they're in college so they have things to do so you get to go and practice, and practice just give you a gauge. So, excuse me. Practice just give you a gauge mark on um, asking questions about asking questions to other players about players you're looking at. Mm. Like, hey, um, hey, who the alpha on this team is right here? And you already got your list. And if it's one of the guys that you got on the list, you like check that off. All right. Um, who's the most interesting player on this team? And you just ask random teammates, you know, if it's one of the guys on the list and why, if it's one of the guys on the list, it's like, 
right, cool. So it's just, it's just you can get more in depth onto them personally by asking their teammates because their teammates know everything about them, whether it's on the field, or off the field, personal life, academics, blase, blase. So um, that's what it, I can touch you. I can touch you now. So it's the difference between, um, and you and I know this before, we was always on call. So we always did Zoom. We always did it through here. But then when you actually came to Orlando and we touched and we sat down and we talked and we had that ride together uh, towards one of the games on Saturdays when I was coaching, it's a little bit different. So now it, it, it hits a little bit different. It's like, okay, I know this person. So that's what that's that's what these that's what these trip does. When you take these trips, you get to actually, you know, in a short amount of time, try to gauge and get a feel on guys you're looking at that you can possibly draft. Big difference in person versus seeing something on tape, Ike. Is you, you stole my follow up question. Uh, my last question is going to be this, Ike. Of all the facilities that you saw which was most impressive and why? Because some of these major D1 schools, oh, baby. What I did what I did know was USC was a private school. That's what I yep. didn't know. So once I found that out, I'm like, oh, that's why these locker rooms look like this. That's what <laughs> look like this. Like somebody could just write a blank check and be like, man, have at it. Don't even worry about it. Whatever y'all need, y'all get. So... Uh, but just, I mean, when you just go to the state of California, mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the time I went, you know, the high was 78. The low the low was 55. It's just like, the weather's so good over there, it just puts your mind somewhere totally different to where your mind's sitting in traffic for three hours because, you know, traffic bad as hell over there on that West Coast. Oh, yeah. You Brutal. know, Brutal, brutal, brutal. So for me, it was just like, man, if I if I had opportunity to kind of rewind my career and the colleges I could have been to, it would have been one of these colleges <laughs> on the West Coast because, man, this is good living. You know, this is this is this is real good living because <laughs> Cali, Cali for me I always like to step ahead on things they do uh, when it comes down to just the environment, whether it's eco, go green, um, anything innovative, I think Cali, you know, always, you know, a step ahead. Then we all got to catch up moving from Cali all the way to the south, northeast. So, but yeah, Mark, just to see them facilities, I'm like, dang, I had to run my foot in the ho- in a ho- in a horse pasture. That's what I had to do. I said, man, these kids got a whole. They got smoothie kick right in their weight room, you know? Them them boy, them boys got massage therapists on site. I said, man, I ain't know nothing about a massage to my second year in the league. These boys getting that as soon as they hop out of bed and come from class. So it's just fun to see, you know? Is it but for me, it was just California different. All the way different, Mark. But you know. To see them colleges in a big city, in a big city, just swallow a big college up. Like you, like you can drive past UCLA and not even know it. You can drive past USC and not even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, but once you get inside that college, you like, 
bread, cheese, fatty. Wow. <laughs> number money, number money around here, baby. Ike, you mentioned the traffic. I've been all over the country. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I've been to the Big Apple, New York, New York, the city so great they named it twice, and Atlanta. All three traffic can get absolutely crazy. Right. LA, when you're in bumper to bumper at like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. at night on the interstate, no thank you. Like so the traffic out there, been to LA a few times, Ike. Do not miss that. I I, I see why when you have money and you live in LA, you buy your helicopter. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I see. I see why people do that in LA. <laughs> that's that's when you know you got money. Hey, what's your, what's your Uber? Or my Uber the tail number on the helicopter, so we'll get there ASAP. If you got if you got to be there for eight o'clock, and you got that kind of money, and they stressing like. Man, you know we need like an hour and a half, you know, window because of this traffic. And you got all them and you got all that money sitting in the bank. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, nah, we're gonna take the chopper, we'll get there in 10 minutes. We straight. So it's a little bit different. But now I see why them now I see why them boys who got their money over there, they bomb a chopper. Absolutely. I I hope this has been helpful therapy to our listeners and viewers. And I think it will be because again, you know I'm a glass half full guy. Sunday's game was brutal, and maybe the Steelers can regroup in week six against the Buccaneers. I want to thank you, today's guest, Rick Stroud, our video producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, producers Megan and Yancey. I want to thank the Believe Network, today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. They'll take care of any of your NFL gambling needs. We're into MLB postseason, but I hope that we provided some solace for Steelers fans here on this Monday. Yeah, we all heard, you know, Mark. I mean, Mark, you're, <laughs> you have become an honorary Steelers fan because of I, you know? So for you to even hurt with you, you don't have to hurt, but for you just to hurt because you, you, you look at me as like a brother and that's what it is, whether, you know, you're a scout, a GM, a, a fan, a player like right now, we just in a hurting phase. Like Mondays are never good when you lose, especially when you lose like that, you know. So, um, but yeah, man, major shout out to BetOnline.ag. Huge shout out to Brink TV, Believe Podcast, Mark. You know, you my brother. Big shout out to you as well. Um, make sure y'all give us a five star rating every time. You know, all we try to do is be insightful. I can say what I. I can say as much as I need to say, but understand for the viewers and the subscribers that, you know, some things I kind of got to button up on yep. because my position now. But um, if y'all can read them between the lines of what I'm saying, man, y'all pick it up ASAP. I think Mark has done a great job just uh, being around me and just picking up stuff that I say without me even saying it, you know? So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, just li and tuning in and being a part of this, believe in, podcast between Mark and I, but Mark, I want to appreciate you too. And I got to give a major shout out to everybody behind the scenes if I missed anybody. Because without y'all, you know, Mark and I wouldn't be doing what we're doing now. And that's been going on, going strong for like three years. Yeah, our fourth season, Ike. It's crazy how much time flies. Go ahead and sign off here for Ike Taylor. And again, thank you to our guest, Rick Stroud. Go give him a shout out 
on social media too if you right. enjoyed our conversation. I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you later this week. We'll get you ready for Steelers and Bucks in week six. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save